to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show podcast. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm delighted to be your host. I am a retail transformation specialist. I work with retailers as a consultant and an advisor to help drive positive transformation. So if you're a retailer and looking to accelerate your change and your transformation, or if you're looking for some support to navigate the way through the challenging and complex journey of change, then we should absolutely be talking. Do reach out. Contact details very shortly. Thank you for tuning in today, though. This one is episode 244, number 244. Now, let's just take a moment to rewind the clock. We're going to go back to September 2011. And in a 7-Eleven store in Seattle, there was a lot of confusion suddenly caused. There was a bank of lockers branded with Amazon. And there was speculation that perhaps you could rent out a personal locker to be able to order items from Amazon and have them delivered to the 7-Eleven store. But there was confusion because there were no locks on the lockers. How would you access them? There was no handle. Why is there a computer attached to this bank of lockers? Lots of questions about what would ultimately become a collection locker. Fast forward back to today, 12 years, back to 2023, And of course, collection lockers and click and collect has become a much more prevalent aspect of the retail marketplace. And they're taking their next evolution right now, starting to develop into smart lockers, bolting on lots of different opportunities for building up the customer experience and driving a better performance as well. To help us understand more, I'm delighted to welcome Matt Cater, co-founder of Smart Lockers Clicks and founder of Fathom. Matt specializes in helping retailers provide customers with a seamless in-store experience. For 17 years, he's been running Fathom, offering design, manufacture and installation of point of sale and custom-made furniture and fixtures to transform retail environments. And more recently, he's co-founded Clicks a new venture which is shaping the future of click and collect in physical retail. They're the UK's only mobile first smart lockers and they're pioneering the use of technology and mobile devices to allow autonomous customer collection of online purchases in store and a number of different innovations to integrate that as well. Clicks offers customers of high street and big box and even trade retailers an unprecedented level of speed and convenience for the omnichannel world that we live in now. To find out more about Matt and Clicks in particular, as well as Fathom, check out the show notes page at obandco.uk slash 244. And whilst you're over there, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well. This is my email newsletter, which gives you key headlines from around the world of retail highlighting new innovations, new ideas, and giving you a healthy dose of inspiration to drive better retail transformation. Sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing at obandco.uk slash 
244. And now, without further ado, let's jump into my conversation as we explore the evolution of smart lockers with Matt Cater from Clicks. Well, a very warm welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. Matt Cater, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, Ollie, and thank you for inviting me today. Fantastic. Well, we're going to be diving into collection lockers. It's an area that has exploded in recent times. It's been such a huge growth area for many different retailers, and we'll dive much deeper into that. Let's rewind to pre-pandemic, even as far back to 2011, which is when collection lockers first started becoming a thing. They gained ground over the, the 2010s. You know, Amazon in particular really led the way, looking for an easy collection point for allowing particularly workers and commuters to collect parcels at a more convenient time when uh, when they weren't at home. How did you see the growth of collection lockers? Where, where did you see this market coming from? Well, it was, it was COVID, to be fair. I think the, the pandemic really forced customer behavior in a, in a certain direction. And obviously that was led by you know, the government's restrictions, um, especially around non-essential retail. So a lot of the retailers had to find ways to, to still trade. They were allowed to trade, but obviously through click and collect, things are ordered online. And I think there was a, a, a lot of investment in that time in click and collect departments. And as on the back of that, I guess, it's just really fueled quite how many people buy online. This was happening anyway. You know, Amazon were, were running away with it. And as you, you mentioned quite right, and then lockers to minimize last mile deliveries, which is a, a big thing. Mm. And so the, the kind of the, the way the pandemic fueled the growth of click and collect departments, the, the natural step for that is, is lockers. There's people and retailers start to look to make those operations more efficient. You've also got a lot of things that happened in that time, like QR codes. QR codes have been about for yes. ages. But they weren't commonplace. You had all of a sudden you were using QR codes to, to, to scan test results, to, to order food in, in restaurants. And so we saw a, a big boom in, in people, how comfortable they were in using QR mm. codes. And at the same time, you had companies like Apple that released uh, an update on the phones that allowed QR codes to be scanned directly from the camera app as opposed to a third party yes. app, which was always a, a, a big barrier to using QR codes. So certainly the, the pandemic has been a, a huge catalyst in the, the smart locker market and customers' expectations around the options they have for collection. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you think of pandemic, pre-pandemic, and then what we'll get to in a minute, post-pandemic, because that pandemic timeframe, the collection is very much about no touch or low touch, right? From a, from a hygiene perspective, previously it was around convenience in terms of I can collect at a, at a time where I'm not, at work or not traveling. Where are we at now? Is it, you know, obviously the, the, the pandemic has subsided. So I'm guessing that hygiene factor is is less important now. So the hygiene thing was, as you quite rightly said, was just a thing around around COVID. Um, that's, that's not an issue anymore. And it's not something that is really a consideration. It's purely now around convenience, uh, a speed, a speed of service and convenience. But in addition to that, it's, you know, breaking down the convenience piece. It's the, the challenge that bricks and mortar retailers have is that they are competing with the big dot com yes. giants and that they need to, but they've got some trump cards that they need to really push to the forefront is that 
they can have things ready to collect in minutes. Yes. You know, however good and fast Amazon are, they won't have something ready to collect within an hour. Mm. Uh, and at all, it's start potentially. And, and so that's where retailers can really, really leverage that, their, their, their trump cards. And smart lockers are a way for them to, to, to do that. But in addition to that, it's also looking at, you know, an idea that, that, that we've been interested a lot in is, is around things like buddy stores. Okay. And it's given retailers options to, to have collection points that might not necessarily be in locations where they actually have a store. Could be down to a you know a complementary relationship between two retailers that have uh, you know complementary products. One would be gaining extra footfall mm-hmm. they wouldn't normally get, and the other is gaining a, an additional service location that they don't currently yep. have. So I think that's something we're going to see a lot more of those collaborations moving forward as well, which again just further convenience to, to consumers. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And do you see partnerships with sort of non-retail locations? You know, I'm thinking perhaps train stations, libraries, other sort of community locations that are not classic retail? A hundred percent. And Amazon have already started to, to do this, I guess, at some of their locations. It's, you know, it's outside train stations, it's car parks, yep. it's, it's all that thing. So yes, you will see a, a lot more of that going forward. And what you might see is retailers club together as opposed to the, the delivery of couriers and the delivery mm. networks. Because at the moment, they're the guys that are pretty much owning this space. And I think you're going to see more retailers enter this space in collaboration. So where the courier networks, they've, they've obviously physically holding the parcel. And so that's, that's why they're owning it at the moment. Are you beginning to see retailers picking from stores and then physically dropping off at lockers, either, either in their own store or at a partner store? It's something that's very much in it. It's an embryonic stage at the mm. moment. But for instance, you know, I've recently had a, a, a conversation with, Marks and Spencers, and they were looking to utilize the concessions they have in the BP. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, stations. So, you know, there's, there's a real opportunity there that they've got these concessions all over the country. People where, you know, are going to be in their car, they're going to be passing by. Why wouldn't they be able to collect something that they've ordered from Marks and Spencers? So, that's embedding from a petrol station. Yeah. So, it's things like that. It'll be other retailers maybe linking up with supermarkets. And, you know, I think that's what you're going to see more of as, as, as life goes forward. That's really interesting. And I suppose as a, a bit of a devil's advocate point, you know, I'm imagining as more of these partnerships start to come up, how do we avoid a place where we end up with physical stores having these sort of locker rooms, shall we say? <laughs> well, I think it's a place for them both because there are, Resellers are, are being forced to change, um, and I think you'll continue to see retail being more of a experience-led. Yes, going yep. forward, it's less about kind of products being stacked high. It's more about the, the experience that a consumer gets, and and lockers will be part of that. So they will collect from lockers, but they might browse somewhere else. So I think you're going to see a, a hybrid of of the two mm-hmm. um, in retail going forward. And then it's about, you know, the lockers themselves, how, how do you enhance the customer journey? How does it, you know, if something wasn't picked correctly or they, they needed staff, you know, they needed assistance, you know, how do those lockers interact with the, the retailer and how does the consumer make sure, how does the retailer make sure that they're still connected to the retailers? And if they, they do require assistance, you know, how do they get in contact and how do they service that consumer? So there's a big piece around the, the customer and colleague mm-hmm. journey with lockers. And that's something that the clicks have been working heavily on is about how we, we keep that engagement high 
throughout that journey, even though they're not transacting with an actual human being. Anymore. Yes. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. And I'd like to take a, a bit of an avenue off that point, actually, Matt. One of the big drivers, I suppose, of omnichannel retailing is that when a customer comes into store to collect a parcel, there is an opportunity to build that relationship, to upsell to additional products or accessories, and also to, to handle returns as well. Now, a collection locker can take some of that initial engagement away from having, say, a collection desk with a, a colleague looking up the order and going, you know, scouring to find that parcel. How are you seeing retailers embedding a locker collection point and all of those other omni-channel opportunities in terms of additional sales and returns, etc.? We haven't seen a decrease in halo sales. So the trials that we've done, there's been um, there's no visible decrease in halo sales. Mm. But of course, it, it is a concern. Because, you know, people aren't browsing, they're not walking around, they're not getting those, those impulse sales. But we haven't seen a decrease. What we have seen is that people are very clear about quite often what they want. And if you use an example like B&Q, B&Q have got a, a vast space. You know, it's often very difficult to maybe locate exactly what you're looking for, the right screw, the right hook, the right curtain yes. pole. And um, to, to be able to order that online and have a, a colleague who knows the store like the back of their hand go and to find that the exact right one and put it in a locker 60 minutes later is, you know, offers a huge advantage, you know, from, from speed yes. uh, of service. <laughs> yeah. And I think also with the lockers, just because you've ordered something that goes in a locker, you, you know, you are still able to, to browse the store. So if you got there and suddenly thought, Hey, you know, there's something I missed off my order, you still go and collect it, mm. of course. And I think going forward with, integration of lockers into existing retail retailer systems there is the opportunity to offer to upsell via the web app that we mm. use so if we see that somebody has bought a, a tin of paint it might be that at the end of that transaction we can push forward a, a voucher for 10 percent discount on paintbrushes yeah so we are, we actually have an opportunity in somebody's hand with our with our web app to to still engage with them further based on what That's they've fantastic, ordered isn't it Absolutely, yeah, and I think that as soon as we can attach, uh, you know, sales increase to smart lockers, then this market is going to get very, very exciting. Yeah, suddenly it's really interesting because there's so many opportunities that you can begin to open up, and you're using the term smart locker versus, should we say, regular collection locker. Explain the differences. What makes a locker smart, Matt? So with our lockers, uh, they're very different to. See everything else that's on the market at the moment. We took a very different approach when we we started the business. So Clicks is very much a, a technology business first and foremost, and smart lockers are a technology solution, in my mm -hmm. opinion. The actual locker element is kind of easy in, in many ways. As crazy as that sounds, it's, it's a tech solution, and it's it's looking deeply at the customer and colleague journey and making sure that it's is frictionless. It's physically possible. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that through the research we've done, using an app to collect through a locker is, is a barrier. It has numerous problems. Firstly, it has to be downloaded. And if you are a, you know, a one-off casual shopper, downloading an app just to go and collect something kind of defeats the object. By the time it's downloaded and you've, you've done all that, you might as well have collected on yep. the shelf. So we went for a, a very different approach. Whilst a lot of other smart locker manufacturers are utilizing QR codes and pins to put into a central kiosk within the 
smart locker bank. We've gone through a thing called a progressive web app, which essentially is a, once the, the customer has placed an order online and that item has been picked and is ready for mm. collection, we'll receive a text message from said reseller. That text message would say that their order was ready for collection and there was a link for them to click on. That link would take you through just on the standard web browser and would take you through to a, a web app. Now, at all intents and purposes, that looks and behaves just like an app, but nothing has had to have been downloaded. And it's also live. It's the current version. You're not relying on a, a customer having to update the app to the latest version from the App Store or Google yep. Play. It's, it's a, a live website. That has been really advantageous in, in what we're trying to do. The other beauty about it is that those, the app, the, the web app is, is branded to the customer. So we'll, you know, using B&Q as a, as a, as a case in point, anybody who is collecting from Cardiff, at the Cardiff Culver House at the moment will get a branded link from B&Q and they will also be able to open a, a web app that will be branded up as, as B&Q also. Yep. And within one click, they're in their locker and they're heading back to their, their vehicle. So very much a white-labeled experience to keep that brand alive. But I also really like then the ability, as you say, to begin to think about, well, how, how can we take this customer journey one step further as well? Again, using that sort of branded element that is relevant to the customer and the customer order. Which is what we've done. So to, to build on that, there's two things that we've done very recently. So one was to build in a feedback loop. So... Most retailers will be measuring NPS, yes. net promoter score as a way of seeing how they're, they're doing. And the thing about click and collect at the moment is that most retailers will send out an email after the transaction. The adoption rate of that is relatively low. Mm -hmm. It's all single digit percentage points of the people that actually fill that in, complete that and give them their, their view of the experience mm. they've had. We're currently sitting at about 53% of all transactions at the moment. A customer will leave uh, a review. Wow. So we've got much, much, much enhanced sample size. And the reason is it's purely down to convenience. They've just collected a package. There's a pop-up on the phone to say, hey, how did yeah. we do? Would you recommend a friend? Is there anything that was missing? And it's there. It's instant. It's in their hands. They've just done it. They've had a good experience and they record it. So from that, we've been able to, to take out quite a lot of learnings and you, there's the option to both leave quality of and quantity feedback. So one of the things that we noticed quite early on in some of the trials that we've done is the amount of people that will place an order online and then a few minutes afterwards will remember that they've forgotten. Yep. <laughs> An example might be a hot tub and then, oh, I need the chlorine to go in. And, you know, we've all, we've all done this. We've, we've all been here and I'm sure you'll listen. <laughs> we're, we're all sitting here in the jacuzzis. And <laughs> yeah, well, 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 align with this, you know, I, I, I thought it was just me that was forgetful, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing and you'll be surprised. There's no way of measuring this at the moment because in this scenario, in a retailer's world, they are two separate transactions. Yep. At no point do they ever come together. Yep. So we, we started to, to notice that this was happening much more often than we ever anticipated that it would. So in our system, because it works, it uses the a customer's mobile number as, a, as the point of reference. The system will recognize when a mobile number has been used twice. And assuming that the first collection hasn't been collected, if a second collection comes in and the mobile number is the same, it will give the colleague an option to consolidate 
both orders into the one locker or move them to a larger locker, which ticks a lot of boxes for everybody. One is we are able to to condense the lockers potentially that that a retailer needs and also the space to take up. And from the consumer's point of view, the end user, they're coming in with one text message, one press of the app and picking up both orders from the same locker. So it's a, it's, a, it's a win-win situation for everybody that's involved. Now, that that intelligence has come directly out of our feedback loop. You know, we started to see a trend. We had some people making comments on it, and we were able to learn from this experience because a lot of this stuff is, is brand mm. new, and we've been able to implement that and put that in place. That is now a standard part of our, our offer to, to any retailer. That's fantastic. And it is brand new, and consumers are still learning how to work with lockers, right? You know, if you look back at some of the very early feedback of, of lockers, like I say, you know, over, over 10 years ago, it was very clunky. And now it's really seamless. And as you say, really integrated to the, the, the customer journey and making sure that it's a, a branded experience as well. So Matt, one of the other elements here is that it's not just to the traditional consumer, right? There are B2B opportunities here. Tell us more. So there's a huge market for, for trade and, you know, self-employed tradesmen, construction, things like that. You know, these guys, time is money. They need to be on the road. They need to be collecting goods each morning. If you take a plumber, for example, you know, they'll, every plumber will be collecting pipe. They will be collecting fixings, boilers, flues. You know, and they will need that yeah. stuff on a pretty much a, a daily basis. The same with a, with a, a chippy. There's, there's, there's goods that they, the consumables they need almost daily. Mm. And they're often for specific jobs. They're not stuff, things they carry or carry in their vans. They're stuff that they will get at the start of the job. And those jobs can be, you know, quite fast paced, one a day, two a day. And essential with availability as well. You know, if you are, you know, a plumber buying a flu, it's not like, it's not okay if that flu is not in stock. You need it in stock. And if you can't get it there, you'll, you'll go elsewhere, right? 100%. So to, for them, those guys to, to order online and ahead of time, you know, when they're, coming back from work the, the, the night four, ready for a collection the next morning. There's a number of things that those those people need. Mm. They, they need to have things in stock, as you quietly point out. If it's not in stock in one store, they'll, they'll find it somewhere else. And they want convenience. They want to be in and out, and they want to be on the road. So lockers for, for that market, are, there's a huge opportunity there. And obviously, having them 24-7, out of hours, because you know you'll know that if anybody's been to a, a trades march in, in the morning. There is normally a queue of people <laughs> welcoming yes. their stuff and get on the road. And so the fact that the lockers will extend those opening times is a, is a huge advantage to to the, the, the trade. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to that, you've also got opportunities around the types of things that go in these lockers as well. So it could be that, you know, we've recently developed a, a locker that will take uh, three minutes or products. So that will really appeal to, to, to plumbers and electricians that are, that are buying long pieces of conduits yep. or that are buying three-meter copper pipes. So to have that outside and readily available, and that's, that's a staple. That's a staple thing for, for, for most plumbers that they would need that quickly. And to put that in the van and, and get on their way is a, is a huge advantage to them. It avoids all the queues. They know it's in stock. It's just pure convenience. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like how you can tailor the lockers to different product types as well. You know, I know you've got some lockers where you can just roll in an entire trolley if you've got, let's say, bags of cement or, you know, soil or compost or something like that, right? 100%. And then it goes back to what I said at the start, really, is we, we positioned Clicks to be a, a tech business. So the, the locker ranges that we have, 
they're all bespoke. You know, they can be made bespoke. So we understand that it's important for lockers to be part of a fabric of a, of a retailer. They need to be in their, their colors. They need to look and feel like they are part of that environment and that brand. So with all the lockers that we've done, they've all been bespoke to, to our customers' exact requirements. And that's just not in color schemes or materials. That's also in size and shape. So, you know, you rightly pointed out that trolley lockers are something we've, we've done a lot of work with. More recently, the outdoor and the oversized. And again, that's with set products in mind for, for set retailers and ultimately the goods that they sell frequently. I mean, this all sounds fantastic, Matt, but let's get into the nub of making this happen. How do you integrate into your systems and your collection processes? In truth, you don't need to. We've developed our system, knowing with my background in in retail uh, and knowing the demands on on retailers for tech resource, it can be a very costly and timely experience or process. So when we developed the system, we, we very much did it with the ability to not need to be integrated. And we've done that in a number of ways. Now, where we're seeing the real benefits is, is it, it makes the speed of going to trial rapid um, because it touches far less departments within a retailer. They can put a proof, co- proof concept out there very quickly and they can start to see the results and see where there is the direction of travel they want to go. Yeah. The way we've done that is that the text message would be sent out from the retailer, although it's coming out from clicks, the, the consumer would receive it as if it was yep. from the retailer. So if you had a package from Boots, let's say, you know, you'd have the confirmation text, say, thank you for your order. The next text message would come through as your order is ready to collect from our smart because that would be sent out by us. So there's a seamless journey there from the consumer's point of view. They are not aware that these two systems mm. are not integrated. And then going forward, you've obviously got the colleague journey where they would need to load, load the, the locker, goods yeah. off the shelf, load the locker. And obviously you would think that that not being integrated would, would make that part of the process challenging. Now we've developed our app to include OCR, which is optimal character recognition. And what that does is that the device that the colleague is using, they can scan another device. So it'd be scanning their, their existing backend. And what we would do is we'd pull out the order number, we'd pull out the customer's name, telephone number, and that would then populate our system ready for to be sent out to the customer. In addition to that, we can ingest data from an email that would be sent out to us from an existing system. We then populate our system with that information and we cross-reference and check all that information, which really gives retailers a, a significant advantage with no additional internal resource cost and makes it much, much, much quicker to get a proof of concept to market. We've seen that being a huge advantage for us in the space. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a really smart approach to a very low touch and very quick and agile way of testing and trialing these these solutions. Absolutely, because retailers, it is new. This is very much an emerging market um, and to be able to to put out a a low cost trial as quickly as possible to test how it goes down is, is a huge advantage and you were seeing more and more of it. When we look slightly further into the future, Matt, what, what else can we begin to expect coming into this collection experience? I think you're going to see it's going to be much broader. I think you're going to see things like, you know, we've had some very early conversations with restaurants and mm-hmm. looking at the whole their collection market. So it might be Deliveroo and Uber Eats. And you'll know at the moment, anyone that's been in a chain restaurant will have seen the 
the, the drive all the way. <laughs> you know, yeah. nothing, nothing like a romantic meal no. when the courier walks oh, past with the great big box. Package on their back. So I think you're going to see there's a, there's an opportunity there for the restaurants to to be using temperature controlled lockers outside. So they would populate them with with warm food. The collection drivers would collect them directly from a locker. So if you're traipsing through stores, it's quicker for them. The store don't have to, you know, it's so there's a there's a huge market there, which I think is gonna start you're gonna to start to see some movement in. I think going on from there, you're gonna see potentially in the, in the distant future, I think this will become there'll be robots involved. You know, I can quite mm. see that distribution centers or, or smaller distribution centers will be populated by robots. So you'll have things being taken from the shelf, ordered online, picked from the shelf, put into a the back of a locker. The, you know, and consumers using what would be the front of that locker to, to service a, a collection. So I think it, you know, yep. it's really exciting as to the amount of opportunities and use cases there are for, for smart lockers going forward. You know, we're in early conversations with airports. You know, this is something that really is exciting me at the moment is looking at how people could be ordering duty-free whilst in the air. You know, you get more and more flights that have free free Wi-Fi now. You could be ordered stuff yep. there, ready for collection when you land. You know, there's there's a huge opportunity for smart lockers. I just think you'll see the market becoming more and more broad. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm sure as customers feedback more and more as well, we'll start to see more opportunities there as well. It's very exciting. It is absolutely exciting. There's so much that is exciting. Where can people find out more about what clicks are up to, Matt? So the best thing would be to either, you know, come and find us on, on LinkedIn or, or visit our website at clicksltd.com. You know, we've got lots of stuff on there and we're, you know, we're regularly big active use of social media, talking about what we're up to. We're really trying to, to be thought leaders in this space. A lot of the stuff that we are doing is is brand new and we're continually developing both our, our range of, of lockers from indoor, outdoor, oversized to temperature controlled, and also the, the technology, which is, 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 is moving forward at a, a vast rate of knots. Yeah, absolutely. And I should point out to our listeners that Clicks is spelled C-L-I-X, if you're looking for, for, for that on LinkedIn or Google as well, of course. Matt, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I'd love to put a little bit more content so people can see and understand more about Clicks Lockers on the show notes. So do make sure you head over there just to begin to bring that to life a little bit more as well. Matt, thank you so much for joining me here on the Retail Transformation Show. It's been a fantastic conversation. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. hope you enjoyed the dive into the world of smart lockers there with Matt Cater. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, then I've got three other episodes that you might also enjoy checking out. Firstly, go back to episode 183, number 183, to define the role of your stores. Now, as you're developing your stores, it's absolutely important to understand the role that they play for your customers and for your business as well. And then you can decide how an element like smart lockers can really clearly and coherently fit in with that purpose. As discussed, the mobile phone offers such huge opportunities. And so also check out episode 206 featuring Ian Hobson from Chargebox. Ian and I were talking about evolving the in-store experience with smartphones. And then finally, 
given all of this retail tech, jump into episode 230 called Retail Tech to Solve In-Store Challenges. And that's part one. So you might also enjoy 231 for part two as well. Now I'm going to put all of those links on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 244. Thanks for tuning in today. Do hit subscribe if you're new to the podcast or tell one other person if you've listened to the podcast before. I appreciate your support and I look forward to joining you in another episode very, very soon. Bye for now.